I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, we're going to look at the question, is brokenness beautiful? Have you ever stopped to think about that question? Because this is a very common mindset in the church today to celebrate our own brokenness. Maybe you've read modern books or seen it on blogs or heard it in messages or even sung about it in worship services. There seems to be this real emphasis on let's all accept and embrace and celebrate our brokenness. Our brokenness is beautiful. I want to look at that mindset today from a biblical perspective. A lot of us are broken over past mistakes that we've made. And rather than letting God deal with those past mistakes by the power of his name, by the power of the blood of Jesus, we often wallow in those past mistakes and feel like, well, I'm broken, this has happened to me, or I made this mistake, I have these regrets. And that almost becomes part of our identity. And then we go around saying, I'm a broken person, but my brokenness is beautiful. Actually, in scripture, that is not a biblical concept at all. The power of Jesus' name, the power of the cross, is meant to lead us out of brokenness and into wholeness. How do we get there? There was a time in my life when I was really struggling to feel forgiven. Even though I had prayed to confess my sin and repent and I had I had removed things from my life that I knew were wrong, I still didn't feel cleansed and whole and made new. I still felt broken over my past. And I remember a very specific moment when I was so frustrated by just constantly feeling shame and remorse and regret and brokenness over the past that I said, Lord, I need you to make your forgiveness real to me. It just feels like a theory or a concept. It doesn't feel real to me. And at that moment, there was a really clear message to my soul. I have forgiven you, but you must receive it. That was such a wake-up call for me because I realized I had been pushing away God's promise of forgiveness, convinced that I wasn't qualified to receive his forgiveness. And somehow I believed it was more spiritual to wallow in guilt over my past sins than to simply agree with what God's word said. When we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what his word says, and it really is that simple. Why do we try to overcomplicate it? Andrew Bonnar said this, It is more humbling for us to take what grace offers than to bewail our wants and worthlessness. What a powerful statement. It actually requires more humility to take what God is giving us by his grace, his forgiveness, and his cleansing power than to sit there and bewail our wants and our worthlessness and wallow in our own brokenness. Not receiving the forgiveness of God is actually a form of pride, thinking, well, my situation is above the ability for God to really break through and forgive and restore and make whole. And so many of us, like I said earlier, have made brokenness part of our identity. And it requires humility to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be made whole. If you think about Jesus a a few different times, but I specifically remember him speaking to the man who was by the pool and couldn't get healed because he had no one to lift him in the pool. He said, do you want to be made well? And that's a question we all need to grapple with. Do we want him to make us whole because he's ready to offer it? Or are we clinging to our own brokenness as part of our identity, afraid to let that go? A powerful example in scripture of the right kind of brokenness is a woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. 
and she was weeping at his feet and she was wiping the tears away with her hair. It was just this act of absolute gratitude for the one who had rescued her and redeemed her. Simon the Pharisee was sitting next to Jesus watching this scene and he sort of looked at the whole thing in scorn and he was thinking to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Actually, Jesus did know exactly who she was and exactly what she had done. Rather than condemning her, he praised her for receiving his forgiveness and for expressing such love and gratitude to him. He said, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. This woman was not wallowing in her past sin and guilt. She was overcome by the amazing, astounding, incredible, life-changing reality of Christ's forgiveness. Again, it's popular today to celebrate our brokenness, to fixate on our sin and shortcomings and weaknesses and somehow even wear those things as some kind of a badge and think that that's good and spiritual. But that is not what this woman did. She didn't celebrate her brokenness. She celebrated Jesus Christ in all that he had done for her. She wasn't focusing on herself and her past. She was focusing on his amazing love and mercy. She honored him by fully accepting and embracing and receiving his forgiveness. Her response to his mercy was overwhelming love and gratitude for the one who had restored her, washed her clean, and made her new. I think we would do very well to follow this woman's example and bring our sin, our brokenness to the feet of Jesus, acknowledge what he's done for us, acknowledge the power of the cross, and receive everything he purchased for us on that cross and pour out our love and gratitude on him just like she did. Galatians 5.1 says, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. That is a command in scripture that we are not to bring ourselves under the bondage of sin and unforgiveness and past regrets when Christ has already set us free from those things. A life-changing prayer for me was this, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I choose to agree with your word. I have repented of these sins. They are now covered by the blood of Jesus. You have removed them from me as far away as the east is from the west. You have washed me clean, whiter than snow. No matter what my emotions may tell me, that will be my reality from this day forward. And if you pray any kind of a prayer along those lines where you are agreeing with Christ, you are receiving his forgiveness, you are honoring the sacrifice that he made by allowing it to wash you clean and make you new and restore you, then you will be set free from that bondage of past sin and shame and doubt and regret. So is brokenness really beautiful? It's not beautiful when it becomes an excuse to push God's forgiveness away and push away his transforming, restorative grace and love. Brokenness is beneficial when it comes to laying down our pride and acknowledging our sin and our desperate need for a savior. That's what we use brokenness for. It's a means to an end. It's not the actual state that God wants to leave us in. Think about the two men that were praying at the temple. There was a man who was a tax collector. He was humble. He was broken. And he cried out to God, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
And the Pharisee was not broken or humbled. He didn't even see his need for a savior. The only thing he was doing was putting on a show for other people. That is a great contrast between true, humble brokenness that actually leads somewhere and pride that doesn't lead anywhere. The tax collector was humble and broken, and he actually was crying out to God for forgiveness and mercy. And that's where brokenness starts. It needs to lead us to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, you are my only hope. Again, brokenness is only meant to be a means to an end, and that end is new life in victory in Jesus. We are not supposed to celebrate our own brokenness, but celebrate who he is and all that he has done for us. It says in Psalm 103, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. That is something to celebrate. Far beyond the fact that we feel broken and we have all these problems and regrets from our past, let's celebrate the fact that when we repent, his power and mercy and love is so great that he has removed our sin away from us as far away as the east is from the west. So how do we get past brokenness? First of all, agree with God. That's what it all boils down to. When we repent and turn from our sin, he forgives us and sets us free from the past and not just partially free, but free indeed. If you have repented and asked to be made new, but you're still weighed down with regret and guilt over past sins, God wants to show you that your prison door is unlocked. You don't need to stay in that prison anymore. You have been set free by his blood, and you just need to walk in that reality by the grace of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. When it comes to receiving God's forgiveness, we so often try to lean on our own understanding rather than simply standing firmly on the promises of God. So an action step is to believe God's word. Our own mind, our own emotions, even common sense may say we can never really be free from our past sins, but what does God's word say about it? That's all that really matters. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. He says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, purge me and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. He says as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. The only way to truly walk in the amazing reality and freedom of God's forgiveness is to stop listening to our own human perspective and start agreeing with God. As it says in Romans 3, 4, let God be true, but every man a liar. The only opinion that really matters is his. And one of my favorite quotes about this is from Corey Ten Boom. When we repent, he casts our sin into the depths of the sea, and then he posts a sign, no fishing allowed. Once we have been set free by Jesus Christ, it is time for us to let him make us whole. He is our healer. He is our restorer. He wants to make us strong so that we can be poured out for others. He doesn't want to leave us in brokenness. Let's receive his healing and restoration today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to go deeper into this understanding of how to overcome shame and receive God's forgiveness and be set free from your past, consider joining us for our upcoming Set Apart Conference, June 7th and 8th in Windsor, Colorado. If you can make it to Colorado at a short notice, there's still time to register, or you can stream a simulcast of this event anytime throughout 2019. But there is a deadline to register, so go to setapartgirl.com to learn more, and I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.